long series. And uh, I, I think it's important because we've talked about so many ways that, that God has called us to belong. We've been looking in Ephesians at, at a bunch of different passages and ways that God has said we belong. And you know, it seems like nowadays everybody it seems to be fighting for a cause. Right? And, and whether it's, it's political unrest or liberal or conservative or, or uh, the right wing or the left wing or the, the, the Black Lives Matter or civil rights or, or we could go on and on because there's causes everywhere. And everybody seems to be pushing for a cause, whatever their cause is. And everybody wants to be involved with something bigger than themselves. I want to make a difference in the world. Everybody wants to make a difference. 2018, Cox Business Consumers uh, did a, a survey and, and they polled uh, 1,100 consumers, found that 71% of people who responded said they would spend more money at a business if it supported a positive social or environmental cause. 68% of survey participants said that, that small businesses should openly promote the causes that they champion. Now, this is hard for small business owners because uh, over half the respondents also said they would stop supporting a business if they didn't agree with the cause that they were supporting. Americans gave over $400 billion, that's with a B, to various causes in the last year. 77% of people polled said that they believe that everyone can make a difference by supporting a cause. But now this morning, what I want you to hear is that there is only one cause in the world today that will matter in a billion years. Only one. There is only one cause today that will matter in a billion years, but the good news is you get to be a part of that. Because as weak and as frail and as helpless as you feel, God says, I'm going to take your weakness, and you bring your weakness to the table, and Jesus is going to bring his spirit to the table, and you're going to leave empowered to make a real difference, not just in the world, but in eternity. This, this series we've been doing, we've talked about how you've been called and you've been chosen before you knew anything, there was anything to choose. You, you are, are called to a body. You, you are called to be part of, of a family. And this morning, we're going to talk about you are called to be part of the church. See, Paul says that the church is the fundamental plan of God to bring the mystery of the gospel to a lost and dying world. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn over to Ephesians chapter 3. That's going to be our scripture where we'll be this morning. And uh, I encourage you if, you, if you don't bring your Bible, we'll put them up on the screen. But if you bring your Bible so that you can check in and mark some things and uh, be able to come back and find these things later. Ephesians chapter 3, we're going to read verse 1 to 7 right now. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Now remember last week we talked about Paul was, was in chapter 2 talking about that, that we have 
we have been spiritually dead people who've been made alive in Christ. Not through anything that we did, but through the grace of God. And he says, you then are now no longer foreigners and strangers, but you've been made part of the household of God. You're part of God's family. And then he's going to pick it up in chapter 3. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. The mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. Let's stop right there. As Paul's writing this, he's probably under house arrest in Rome, we believe. But, and so if the average person meets Paul, if the average person meets Paul, they're going to see him as just a common prisoner. He's just some guy that's locked up. But, but God is using Paul for something much bigger, something much more. See, Paul sees himself as, as having a God-given role in, in spreading the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. The gospel never ceases to amaze Paul. Paul is fascinated uh, by the mystery, he calls it, of the gospel. He's already told us in chapter 2 that, that that good news, that gospel, is that first God has taken spiritually dead people and has made us alive by grace through faith. That's chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. But second, he says God has already begun to unite all these people together, and, and he's begun that in the church. And, and he, he's, he's done this by breaking through these barriers of humanity that separate us. And, and we look around our world today, and, and we live in a very separated society, much like Paul lived in then. But, but God says the gospel can cross over all those barriers, can knock down those walls, can unite us in a way that is supernatural. Um, and... and it happens for Paul in this mystery that the Gentiles are now fellow heirs with Israel. Not that, that, that God's promise to Israel ever stopped, but that God's promise to Israel is now being fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And the Gentiles, the nations, all these people who were outside, you and me, are now co-heirs. We're part of the family of God. In other words, Paul realizes that, that we are all in the church part of something much bigger. Part of this plan of God that, that is, is different. Part of something that's much bigger than ourselves. He, he calls himself a prisoner of Jesus Christ. That's interesting because he's not saying a, a prisoner of Rome. He doesn't say, I'm a prisoner of Caesar. He says, I'm a prisoner of Jesus but because Jesus is the one who is orchestrating this. Most of the time, I think we tend to talk about what we do for God, right? We, we do this or we do that or we do... God doesn't need me to do anything for him. And Paul recognized this. Paul saw his ministry not as his gift to God, but as God's gift to him. 
Paul grasped that, that his part in the gospel is not a burden or some kind of work that he has to accomplish in order to be accepted. It is a gift of God that he gets to be part of the amazing plan of God. See, we all want to live for something bigger than ourselves, right? That's why everybody around us is, is so desperate to find a cause that means something, that can make a difference, because we all want to be part of something bigger than ourselves. There is this thing woven inside of the fabric of who we are, this, this craving to be part of something greater, uh, something bigger, something more important. And, and that longing to be part of something bigger than ourselves is God-given. God put that there because He wants us to see that there's more than just what's right in front of us. There's more than this. That's why people are trying to champion a cause. But no matter what cause you're championing, it is worthless in comparison to the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? Whatever cause it is that we're supporting, whatever cause it is that we think is the most important thing in our life right now, it is worthless in comparison to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Period. That's why you belong in church. Because there's no other cause that's going to matter in a billion years. There's no other cause that's going to last into eternity. Paul says the church is God's plan. God's design, God's means of revealing this mystery to the world. There's no backup plan. There's no plan B. There's no, well, we're going to give it to the church, but if they mess it up, we'll come do this. The church is God's plan to bring the good news to the world. So we can waste our life chasing around after things that don't matter, whether it be worldly comfort or, or, or selfish ambition or, or being cool. We can waste our time on politics, causes, and worldly junk, or we can be part of something eternal. God has called us to be part of something eternal. See, Jesus is looking for, for, for gospel hooligans. I know, that's a Jeff term. Just bear with me. But, but, but people who are willing to get dirty in the service of the gospel, who are willing to get messy, to get, but, but to be really real and really relevant and really involved in the business of telling this world the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, we can work really hard so that at our funeral people can say, wow, he was a good person. Or... We can work at something that has eternal ramifications. We can work at something that will save souls forever. And, and Paul says it right here. Paul talks about, I, I'm weak. I'm ordinary. I'm, I'm, I'm the least of anybody that would ever be called to this. And, and God says, that's okay because I'm going to take your weakness and I'm going to fill you full of my spirit. And, and it's going to change the world in ways you can't imagine. God's using people like me and you, ordinary folks. Look at verse 10 and 11 with me. Not only did Paul see his life as part of something bigger, but, but he looked around and saw that the mystery of the gospel was being revealed. God is accomplishing something that's going to boggle our minds. Look at, look at verse 10 and 11. His intent was that now, through the church, 
The manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now this is going to blow your mind. The very existence of the church, Paul says, has a much higher purpose. It's an amazing thing in itself that spiritually dead people are made alive in Jesus Christ. It's an amazing thing that the Gentiles and those far off are now part of the promise, co-heirs. But, but this is even more, that, that the rulers and authorities, the people who make the decisions and the people that carry them out in the heavenly places, we're talking angels and demons here, that the church is a graduate course for them in the gospel. You are called to be something that is going to teach the heavenly beings that have been there since God made them, that, that, are, that are in charge of nations. You get to be a part of something that's teaching them about the mystery of the wisdom of God. There's no cause better than that. There's nothing bigger than that. God has chosen to reveal his wisdom through, Paul says, the church. So this is not just something we go to on a Sunday morning. This is not just some checklist that we check off our, our good person bucket list. This is eternal. This is cosmic. This is supernatural. This is this is God using you and me in the church to reveal his mystery to all creation, both what is here and what is beyond. Paul teaches that, that there's this spiritual world, and he's going to talk about this more in chapter 5, and he uses this term heavenly places all throughout Ephesians, the, in, in the heavenlies. And, and he's going to say that these heavenly beings, the word translated rulers there, is, it means the ones that give the orders. And the word translated authorities means the ones that carry out those orders. And, and so this is not just a lesson for the demons or a lesson for Satan. This is a lesson for all angelic beings, for all the spiritual host. And, and the Christian church, the church of Jesus Christ, has become a graduate course for all heavenly beings. See, we get to be part of something that's so much bigger than anything we can imagine. The very existence of the church is a sign not just to demons, but to angels, but to all creation that, that God has this wisdom, this plan, this mystery that none of them can ever understand. You think demons would have killed Jesus Christ if they knew what was going to come of that? No. The very existence of the church is a sign to, to all these demonic forces that their authority is over. The war is over. It's been won. The church... God has chosen to display His wisdom in all its dimensions in, of all things, us. Isn't that nuts? I'm not calling God crazy, but I wouldn't have picked Jeff. But God does. Because God says, you know what? My power is made perfect in your weakness. I don't want you to do it because you're great. I don't want you to do it because you're equipped for it. I want you to do it because I'm going to give it to you. And that, people, is why you belong in a church. Church is not just a country club. 
Church is not just a a political action committee. It's not a social justice movement. It's not a cause or or something you march for. Church is not just a place for you to go and feel comfortable until you die. It is much more than that. Paul says this is something bigger than just here and now. This is something bigger than just ourselves. This is, we'll look at verse 12 and 13. In him and through faith in him, we approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are your glory. The church is the most important institution in the world. The assembly of the redeemed, the gathering of the saints, the children of God are more significant than any cause that's ever happened in world history. The the United States of America is a speck compared to the glory of the church of Jesus Christ. The drama and politics and legislation that, that, that everybody's struggling with mean nothing in comparison to the cosmic order of, of heavenly beings. You belong to a society, if you're part of the church, that will never cease. That is the apple of God's eye. That is the eternal and cosmic church of Jesus Christ. There's not anything more important that you can be a part of. It's not just being part of something bigger. It's being part of the only thing bigger. And right now, we get so mired down in our Groundhog Day lives, right? Because every day starts to look the same. And, and especially when we were in quarantine, we were all, you, you know, you get in that place where I don't even know what day it is. Because they just all run together and they all look the same. And, and we get sucked into that Groundhog Day life and we think how monotonous it is, but it's not. God made you part of something bigger than yourself something eternal that's why you belong in church you belong don't ever think that God can't use you your weakness and God's power are a perfect match and you know how you take part you get into a church you get into the church and and you become a a living part of that church not just an attender Not just somebody that shows up. You become a member of the body of Christ. And so you become part of the mission of Christ. And as you do that, you you go deeper in the gospel. You go deeper in the word. You you grow. You, you, You go deeper in relationship with other brothers and sisters. You you go deeper into community, and then you get about the mission of the gospel of Jesus Christ, of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. You get involved in that mission. You belong in church. You you were called to belong. You were made to belong. You were made to belong in a body. You were made to belong in a family. You were made to belong in church. This morning, if you're not part of church, we invite you to join this call. There is no bigger cause that you can be a part of. And if you're a baptized believer in Jesus Christ, you can can be part 
of this body right here and part of our work in serving the mission of Jesus Christ. If you're not in Christ and you have not confessed Him as Lord of your life and put Him on in baptism, that's what we're here for. The mission of Jesus Christ is to teach you that you are spiritually dead, but you can be made alive in Jesus Christ. If we can help you, we want to be a part of that. Because God wants you to be part of something so much greater than yourself. If we can help you this morning, I encourage you to come. Let us bring you together to be a part of this right now. While together we stand and sing. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. Though none go with me, I still will follow. No turning back, no turning back. My cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. My cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. My cross I'll carry till I see Jesus. No turning